Christina, you call yourself a Catholic feminist, but it didn't begin when you studied feminist theology at Dayton Catholic University in Ohio. It began when you were eight years old and you rang up the Bishop of Toledo, Ohio, on your local talkback station. I did indeed. Bishop Donovan, poor guy. Uh, he was a new bishop to Toledo, Ohio. He uh, was taking calls from his new parishioners. And so I went off to the kitchen and rang him and asked him why the priest had come to our classroom to recruit altar servers, but was only looking for boys. Why couldn't girls be altar servers as well? And he gave me this very unsatisfactory answer. It was kind of something around the lines of, well... News up next, no time for this call. Something uh, like that. <laughs> it was more along the lines of, well, you know, altar serving is the first step towards the priesthood, which it's not, okay? And then uh, secondly, that because the priesthood was all male, therefore only boys could be altar servers. And I thought, well, that is completely unsatisfactory answer. Uh, and then he moved, he did move on to the next caller. So that embarked my career as a Catholic feminist. Shouldn't your career then have stopped now that girls can be altar <laughs> service? <laughs> you know what I discovered after I turned nine and 10 and 11? There were mm. a lot of other injustices <laughs> as mm. I perceived them in the Catholic Church when it came always, to the role and understanding of what it is to be female. I always want more. One new victory. The slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, what next? <laughs> in On. fact, I would dare say that now in Catholic parishes, girls are more likely to be the majority of altar service. You're going to find very few boys doing the job, which I think is part of the reason they don't want to let women be priests. I think they're a little nervous that if they opened up ordination to women, we might find a lot more women and a lot less men. Monica, would you call yourself a Catholic feminist? I would call myself a Catholic and I would call myself a feminist. Whether I would put the two together, I'm not entirely sure. How would it have a different meaning if they were together? Well, feminism extends a lot more broadly than the Catholic Church and I guess my Catholicism would not be limited by feminism, nor would feminism be limited by my Catholicism. So I would use them as separate phrases instead of together. A question for both of you then. True or false, women will never be equal to men in the church until they have the same power to make decisions on behalf of the church. Well, I would say true. Monica? I'd say false. Ooh. Now, why? Well, I think that one of the fundamental teachings of the church is that all human beings are equal in dignity and, and in vocation, irrespective of your function. And so that's why the church is so, I guess, passionate about the dignity of human life from conception until natural death. We say that your equality is not dependent on your function and what you do. And so to suggest women would not be able to be equal, even if they were not to have power of governance within the church, don't think that that is the church saying that women aren't equal because a fundamental teaching of the Catholic Church is that all human beings are equal. Christina, you're in the image of God and that's not enough for you. Why? <laughs> well, because the church doesn't recognise the image of God in me. Let's be blunt. They say ordination can only go to men because Jesus was male. In persona Christi, the priest acts in the place of Christ and because Jesus was male, therefore the priest has to be male. It is literally no more or less than that. The church has a very clear view that gender determines function. And so what we have is a system set up to privilege human beings who are male to allow them access to sacraments, to allow them access to leadership, to allow them access to theological interpretation, to allow them access to teaching, to allow them access to decision-making, to allow them access to decide who gets to lead parishes and dioceses. 
And access to the Vatican bathroom. <laughs> well, yeah, a whole range of things. I mean, there was a great fanfare made when last year the synods on the family, the Pope invited married couples and some women as observers. Like this was some great step forward. I would observe that they got to speak but not be part of the deliberations. And here we were discussing what the role of men and women were in families, what the role of parents is, how families should be formed, created, nurtured and supported. And yet we had a group in the end of celibate old men making all of the decisions. Well, women have been ordained, of course, in the Anglican and Uniting Church mm -hmm. since the 1970s. But Pope Francis hinted uh, there may never, ever be Catholic priests. Have a listen to this. Well, concerning the ordination of women in the Catholic Church, St. John Paul II had the last clear word on this, and it stands. This stands. Forever? Never? If we read carefully the declaration by St. John Paul II, it is going in that direction. In the direction of never, Pope Francis and a journalist on the papal plane last November. So, uh, Monica, is that feasible for the church to resist the ordination of women priests in perpetuity? Well, I think so. I don't. I guess, though, that it would depend on whether or not we can all rediscover our vocation. The sacraments obviously are dependent on the priesthood, but the church itself is dependent on the participation of all of its members and all of us living out our lives and our ministry to the full. And so I think that the church can absolutely survive in perpetuity, the male-only priesthood, as long as the church more broadly also has a sense of mission and a sense of vocation. Those seven sacraments, there's a thought crossed your mind, wow, what would it be like if I could perform those? What would it be like if I was a priest? Yeah. Oh, of course, it crossed everybody's mind. I think every faithful Catholic has the idea, oh, you know, if they allowed women priests, would I become a priest? Of course, it's crossed my mind. And when you imagined yourself as a priest, was it a good feeling? I don't know that I went as far as to imagine it. Um, look, if they opened up the daughter women priesthood tomorrow, I wouldn't be signing up for the seminary. Interesting. And what is the Vatican's explanation of, of why women can't be priests? So I'm not a theologian or a biblical scholar, but even back in the Old Testament times, the father of the family was also the priest of the family. So the link between priesthood and fatherhood was continued through the New Testament. Jesus did so many radical things and, and some of the things that he said flew in the face of accepted norms within the culture. The first witness to the resurrection was a woman and the testimony of women at the time wasn't valid. And so a lot of things that happened, he flew in the face of those cultural norms, which ranked women as second-class citizens. So if he also wanted women to be priests, then amongst the 12, his selection of 12 male apostles, he would have selected one. The notion that we are, in 2017, going to base decisions on who can be ordained based on uh, the fact that A, Jesus was male, and B, that he had 12 male you know, apostles, and somehow that can never, ever be questioned or changed, that's just fundamentally ridiculous. Well, it can't be changed because he did choose 12 well, apostles who were men. it can be changed. There are so many things the church has evolved and changed over its 2,000 years. Of course this can be changed. But this it's a matter of history rather than a matter of theology. No, no. Theology is humans attempting to interpret 
what the meaning is of Jesus's words and teachings. That's what Christian theology is. And who has done the interpreting for the past 2,000 years? Men. What a surprise that they arrived at a position that said, hey, maleness is important. Let me make this point, James. If Jesus's humanity is meant to save all people, if my humanity as a female cannot reflect him in the person of a priest, How does my humanity have any part in his? If his maleness is so fundamentally important that the only people who can stand in persona Christi, in the person of Christ as a priest, are males, I fail to understand how my female humanity is reflected in Jesus's and is saved by his sacrifice on the cross. To me, that is the fundamental question I have yet to hear anyone in the Catholic Church answer. So let's be blunt. A group of men have privileged maleness in order to hang on to power and decision-making. It's no different than any other power system where those in power try to preserve it for themselves. Monica? Look, one thing I guess, I'm happy that in 2017 the church holds on to a distinction between male and female. So many other places in society we're told that equality requires us to be functionally the same And there's nothing about masculinity or femininity that's different or that needs to be celebrated. So actually, as a side note, I guess, I really like that the church still upholds that distinction. But what is it about femininity that means you can't be a priest? I think it's the ability to exercise fatherhood and the idea of... But God is neither male nor female. St. Paul says there is neither male nor female. Absolutely, but we're still, Christ encourages to call God our father. And so I kind of feel like this is all a little bit of a distraction. But, Christina, if your understanding of Catholicism evolves with every single societal change, doesn't there become some point in the future where the gap between the teaching and the practice is so long that you really have lost the original Catholicism? God is not afraid of new things. Except, I would add, apparently, God is afraid of women priests because according to John Paul II and Francis, we can't even talk about it. We're with Christina Keneally, who was the first Catholic Premier of New South Wales since the two Premiers immediately before her, <laughs> who, who were both Catholic. And we're with... Uh, and then that was followed by a Catholic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trifecta. Uh, then we're with Monica Dumit, uh, coordinator of the Opinion and uh, News page, uh, Catholic Talk. Look, maybe there's a middle ground between the two of you. Last year, Pope Francis launched this commission of inquiry into whether women should be ordained not as priests, but deacons with the clerical authority to minister. The Pope appointed six men and six women to the inquiry. Let's hear from one of those women, Professor Phyllis Zagano. Pope Francis said the church must have more space, a more, more space for a more incisive presence of women in the church. Well, this is a no-brainer to me. Uh, because a woman who is a deacon would be able to proclaim the gospel and preach in a mass. Think of what would happen. Think of what would happen if at a papal mass in St. Peter's Basilica, a woman was vested proclaiming the gospel. What would that say to the world? What would that say to the world about the dignity of women? What would that say to the world about the way in which the church thinks about women? That is the answer to so much of the world's ills. Uh, Not only the problem that a lot of women have with the church, but also the problems of women uh, outside the church. Monica, women deacons okay? I would question whether or not it's necessary. I think that women exercise leadership and ministry and power in so many extraordinary ways in the church. 
priests that I know would say that their job has very little to do with power and with authority and that the real call to priesthood is one of service. And really that is the mission of all Catholics. And so if we are called to serve, then we're called to serve. We're called to serve the poor, the treasures of the church. You know, there's a lot for me to do in in living out my call to holiness and and my call to sanctity and to be a saint, which is the call of all Mm. Catholics, without necessarily doing that via the avenue of the priesthood. God forbid on our end. We're with Christina Keneally, heretic, and Monica Dumas. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, was that? <laughs> Small age. 